Hello, welcome back to Creative Chit Chat. I'm Ryan McLeod and we're up to episode number 93 this week and I'm joined by Aika Hedlum um, who runs the Creative Me podcast up in Aberdeen. So um, it's a bit of a creative podcast exchange of the, the northeast of Scotland this week. Um, I so Aika came down to Dundee to the studio and we managed to squeeze in sort of uh, one podcast episode each and then you had to jump on the train and head back up um, so yeah my episode is, is currently out on the Creative Me podcast um, and this is Aika's so I mean I think when we were chatting there's, there's so many similarities in the way that we've gone about things we both had this sort of notion that we wanted to share the stories the journeys um of creatives working in in our respective cities um to try and celebrate that to try and help other people by sort of um looking at the successes the failures the difficulties um the commonalities the differences within sort of everyone's practice um and we sort of started around about the same time we've both sort of been self-funding everything and done about the same number of episodes but i mean it's funny the realizations we came to um I mean, one of them being the difficulty of the sort of mastering the audio, if you like, and I mean, um, but also this idea of um, delivering episodes and the sort of expectation. And at the start, I think we both talk about how you feel like there's a pressure to get one out, say, like every week or every couple of weeks or whatever. Um, but actually, once you get into it, you, you start to realise that, that there is no expectation, that, that sometimes people can't really keep up with you putting one out every week they don't have time to listen to that sort of volume of content so just doing it and making it much more manageable and taking that pressure off actually makes the quality of everything so much better um yeah i mean like we're pretty much everything we talked about we've gone through through sort of similar steps um but never really met up um so yeah, I mean, if you don't know about it, go and check out the Creative Me podcast. Um, I mean, yeah, if you enjoy thinking about the people in Dundee, then why not do it just a little bit further north? Um, yeah, and I think that yeah, there's a little bit of crossover, maybe one or two guests that have sort of been on both podcasts. Um, yeah, but yeah, I still need your questions. So uh, for episode ninety nine, still need you to ask some questions. There's some great ones coming in. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting episode. Um, but yeah, still keep sending them in. So it's at CCC Dundee on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, keep up to date with all the episodes there and send me your questions. And they ask me anything, episode 99. Um, yeah, but that's it for the intro. Um, let's get into it. So it's episode 93, and this is with Ika Headlum. Yeah, no, like, I guess for me, like, um, I uh, was born in London, southeast London, and in my kind of household, I like a Caribbean. Um, my mum is from Jamaica, so a single parent kind of household. And it's definitely much, I think there's definitely like a lot of kind of creativity kind of going on in a sense. I'm probably going to embarrass him, but like my brother used to like cut hair and stuff. So he used to actually, um, quite young, like, see, my brother's like a few years older than me, but I remember him used to kind of make up these little flyers. Like and he's a really good artist as well, but he never kind of followed it through in lots of different life circumstances for him. But I remember him doing that, and I was handing them out in like secondary school <laughs> for him as well. And he, yeah, people used to come around to our house and he used to cut their hair weird. 
And then I think my mum used to kind of do like do all the stuff. Mum's really good kind of singer as well. A lot of kind of like, you know, old school kind of like reggae, lovers rock, revival music playing on Sunday mornings and stuff like that. And for me in school, um, art and design or like this art classes is the ones I was always kind of looking forward to. Something that I probably excelled most in maths and English and stuff are really not my kind of forte. I struggled with those kind of bits and pieces. So I think like for me, after school, um, didn't do well my GCSEs. I managed to get into the city of Westminster College. Um, one of the off-site um, um, colleges was in um, Paddington Green. So it was a bit of a trek from going from South London all the way over to the West. But it's really cool. A um, lot of stuff I learned there. I learned that the little bubble that was in South London was completely different when I went to like college, and also um, the yeah the, the the lectures in there they're very much very much open and honest with us. And I probably was there like I was probably like seventeen, sixteen going on seventeen, and my whole attitude was just kind of like oh. I don't need to be hearing this. So I didn't follow through with my art and design course. And I kind of regret that sometimes that I didn't really follow through with it as well. I kind of felt like, oh, I should have went back and actually kind of done, you know, done that and finished that. But I couldn't say, well, back at the time, I wasn't that kind of mature and actually ready for it. So for me, looking back on that experience, I say, well, it is what it is. And subsequent to that experience I just kind of started this kind of working um doing part-time jobs in London like bars restaurants like supermarkets and stuff and that's where I actually met my wife um um she came down from Aberdeen she's not originally from Aberdeen but she came down there to live with her sister I met her so we was in, was in London together for like four years. We moved up to middle of nowhere, New Deer, Aberdeenshire. And I remember like, you know, I was getting laughed at because country roads. I said, where's all the street lights? Ha ha ha. City folk, Londoner. But I wasn't there that much long. I didn't say too long in Aberdeenshire, but came into the city centre. And there's always the intention why I moved up to Aberdeen is actually to kind of study um, social work. London, as people will know, is extremely ridiculously expensive so back in 2004 when I moved up to like Aberdeen it was expensive so I couldn't imagine what the price I paid for like what it'd be now for like a, a studio flat so yeah so got into a social work course and did that and I kind of felt like even though my interest was in like more community-based like working with people in the community I always still was drawn to the creative side of actually doing things. I remember having part-time jobs whilst I was studying and working with adults and learning disabilities and doing like art and kind of like graffiti writing kind of things for like in people's like for like science for their rooms like with residents and that was really cool. So I became that kind of guy where I worked oh get Ica to kind of do something and and that was cool. That was a really cool experience. And then when I qualified. Um, in 2012, started to work in children and families, social work. And again, was always, always kind of using some kind of self-taught skills or skills that I picked up from school or college when working with like young people, especially doing like life story kind of work and stuff. It wasn't, I always kind of felt like sitting across from a young person who's gone through traumatic life experiences and telling them, oh, tell me your story and let me write this down, <laughs> you know, just didn't work for me and it didn't really fit. So I kind of felt, oh, it's more or less that kind of expressive thing. So how can we kind of create like your story that is not intrusive, but like, you know, 
a young person could be creating something with me, doing their life story work and not having the eye contact and not having that fear of embarrassment or in judgment when they're kind of like, you know, exploring traumatic incidences in their life. So that was always kind of something that um, always stuck with me, still using those kind of skills that I picked up and that I've learned. Um, so, yeah, I kind of was doing, carrying on like social work and I moved from doing the field social work to a, a, what was called family community support service, still using those skills. And then one day is in 2016, my colleague who I shared an office with, who is now a manager, Lynn Richardson, sent me an email that um, Aberdeen's creative um, learning um, team sent out. I don't know why they sent it all to managers, but it's, it's strange and... I think it was on the long, along the lines of um, if you have colleagues or staff members that will be interested in doing these courses. And um, so she said, she messaged, emailed me and said, oh, I this be right up your street because I remember like you always did this stuff with like young people when you worked to us. And I said, oh, okay, cool. So that's how I started getting involved with the creative learning team. And they're based up in the Rosemount area in Aberdeen. And that ended up being a really good relationship because like the following year, I ended up doing, signing up for a program they told me about it was called Slack Sustaining Life as a creative, and that was like a 12-week program. And it's just more or less about um, how to kind of take your kind of creative practice to the next level. And for me, going there, I kind of felt that really um, bit like, oh, a bit intimidated because there are some people that that was on the program who were graduates from Grace School of Art or Glasgow, and then there some people who were self-taught. So I felt a bit like, oh, okay, um, I I can be here, you know. I'm, I'm 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 you know my value is needed and stuff. So it was a really cool learning experience that I definitely kind of hold on to. Not just through the friendships that I made, but definitely through the support of the creative learning team. Because I came down, I remember saying, joking about this recently to one of the workers there, saying, "Oh, my kind of plan was to be like, oh, I'm just gonna go to the toilet and not come back." <laughs> you know, when I first got there. <laughs> But, you know, it worked out well. I think definitely in terms of confidence and, like, self-esteem, it kind of like, all right, all right, that's cool. Like, I, I, I know, you know where I kind of fitted in with in terms of my kind of, say, like, practice or the way I kind of work with, you know, clients. And then, obviously, you know, things, you, need to, you, you do something really amazing and the, the, the regret is that it's only for 12 weeks because you go back to your full-time job and all those kind of things that you plan to kind of do kind of falls to the wayside, especially like in a job that I do working in social work. And then, you know, I bumped into one of the people that was on um, the course, it was that like in 2017, Caitlin Murray. I said, oh, just get on the bus actually. Just after that, actually a meeting that I had at Marshall College, is like a council building, and there's a social work department there and I'm just getting a bus back up to the office. And I said, oh, and she said, oh, I'm moving to like, you know, I think she's moving to Edinburgh then. I said, oh, I'm thinking about just doing a podcast because I kind of felt like why isn't anyone kind of documenting all these really interesting things that have been happening in like Aberdeen, just from the brief experience I had with the creative learning team. And so she said, oh, that sounds really cool. I think you, I could introduce you to my friend, John Reed. He does like a blog called um, Mood of Collapse. I was like, I've, I remember seeing that blog a few years ago, but never kind of keeping in touch with it. And so she introduced me and John Reed on Facebook. And John is like being documenting 
creativity, art, and all the different kinds of really interesting things happening in Aberdeen for like 11 years now, probably 11 and a half years. So I met up with him after a new art tour, and that's what he, he's involved in. Actually, he's probably one of the first people who started doing the new art tours. And he's very much the kind of lead along that. And he's kind of brought, over the years, brought more people in as well as volunteers and stuff. So I met up with, up with him, just kind of shared with him my ideas. Oh, this is like this, the website I kind of set up. He said, oh, that's really awesome. And like, you know, so that was really kind of cool to make that connection with him and then get that support from him to be like, all right, I'm on the right track here, you know? So I applied for um, creative funding through the Avenue City Council and got a little bit of funding to get like the, some equipment. And so, yeah, so got my equipment through the funding. Yeah, the funding was approved and that was really cool. And I kind of like, when I think back on it now, I kind of realized I should have really took, taken my time with this. That pure kind of like excitement for like, all right, now I've got the podcast. So I had my website kind of created, which I look back on now and I was like, oh, that's awful. But it's all been sorted. I've got a new website, new now. And it's definitely much better because I didn't, I didn't actually create it. Someone else did. But it's like, um, yeah, I kind of like remember, like, I remember kind of like just sending everyone a link to like, oh, the website, the podcast. And and some people are surprised. I'm like, oh, shit, you did a podcast. That's really cool. Like, and, you know, and it was, it was all support. It was all good from like friends and family. And something I had to kind of do with that is actually go back into social media. I was very much a social media, anti-social media kind of person. So I had to kind of go back, activate accounts again. And so did the whole Twitter, Facebook, and then only got onto Instagram. What have been probably like 2018, I think, or 17. No, I think it's 2017, yeah. In November, when the first podcast kind of came out, I thought, all right, I have to kind of, kind of cover all bases that makes me just not go too crazy. But Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, nothing else, you know, and a website. So, yeah. just Which is a, which is a lot. Yeah. In itself. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just kind of like um, for like doing, for kind of like doing, as I say to people, if you're actually starting something, actually, it's good to actually have some content actually ready beforehand. <laughs> because I remember kind of like, I started like sharing all this stuff on social media, started following people that I've kind of heard of by word of mouth and, but no, not having any content. So it's like, I started in like doing that in September and then my first episode came out in like mid to late November. It's like, why kind of thinking like, why did I do that? It's so stupid. You know, it's like, and you know, just kind of speaking, we were speaking about it off mic about, oh, like um, the first kind of episode that did kind of cringe because the sound, I remember the first one I interviewed was Gary Kemp from Dark Skateboards, the sound guy. And I remember messaging him, just started following him and he followed me back. I said, oh, do you want to do a podcast? He's like, oh yeah, awesome. This is like my bucket list thing. So we met up in like a little studio space in town from a friend's and my kind of knowledge about audio kind of stuff was basically zero. So like having him, that feeling, yeah, yeah. <laughs> having him on the other side of the room with a mic <laughs> and me on the other side of the room with a mic probably wasn't the best idea, you know? Um, so yeah, I do like, you know, that episode was really cool, really well received and people, you know, really, I don't know, I think it was for like just like a word of mouth thing that people started kind of showing, oh, what's going on here, a bit of interest. So it's almost kind of like you started building up those kind of, for me, that confidence to actually start messaging different people and stuff. And I didn't want to kind of be like, okay, I will interview these set of people that everyone's kind of speaking about, everyone knows. I wanted to mix it up a bit. So I'm like, 
I wanted to have discussions with people that I found interesting. And I still kind of follow that kind of like philosophy a bit. I just like, if I kind of interviewed everyone that somebody is kind of new, then it's it's almost like a bit too easy. So it's just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. But it's almost like when you introduce people to someone that they haven't heard of, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, I like what they're doing. So it's almost like, for me, the aim with the podcast is, you know, is actually drawing a light on the northeast of Scotland that I don't think really get that kind of shine or that recognition a bit. It's almost kind of like Aberdeen, a lot of people, they're kind of inside jokers, like nothing happens up here, nothing really ever happens. So for me, I kind of feel like, well, based on my interests, this is what actually is happening because this person's doing that and this other person's doing this and stuff. You know, have you checked them out and stuff? Oh, they've got an exhibition coming up next week. Why don't you go and check them out and stuff? You know, so it's just like to create, to create almost like an in, like, not like that, even that, not just like the online community, but almost like that kind of community so people can actually collaborate and connect to each other. Mm. And from that, you know, can more opportunities kind of be created in like the northeast of Scotland as well. And to do it by yourself as like doing it on like solo is difficult, you know. And for me, I got like, I know like that control issue things. It's like last year, me and my wife just had like our, our first child and that was just like amazing. But still want to keep the podcast going. So I kind of kind of devised a plan. Okay, let me have some guest hosts on a few episodes. So people like my friend, Joe Muir, who's a resident in the Natty Rooms where my studio is as well. And Gary Kemp first person that came on, he's a business owner, and Emily Utter, who's a writer. So three, you know, you've got an artist, a business owner, and a writer, three, well, like, well, three different perspectives on the podcast that kind of did like a pod, Creative Me podcast takeover. And that was really cool as well, and that was really well received. And initially for me to kind of let go, and that, you know, even like, you know, here's me, my daughter, you know, like, me on paternity leave but still kind of messaging people oh yeah how's it going and stuff you know so I kind of felt like alright getting to that point for me admittedly it was difficult because something that I created and that I'm still very much passionate about you don't you know you don't want it to get get like messed up but then I trusted I trusted those people to come on and actually interview guests in their own kind of style because I kind of think for me it's like Okay, I could be the host, but it's about Northeast Creative, so probably I might do that again at some point as well. You know, to be like, yeah, oh. I mean, it's an interesting format. I'd never really thought about the yeah a guest host as such. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a nice. I, I like that sentiment, as mm. in like, okay, you've you've created this thing and you've yeah. created this platform and format, but mm. actually, it's for for everyone, and you don't. It doesn't fall apart if you take you out of that equation. Yeah, you yeah. can bring other people in to like fulfill that role. Okay. Yeah. Not permanently, but mm-hmm. um, it can continue on its own merit and on its own momentum. Yeah. And I guess, like, in one sense of that, it's, it's for me, it's also to kind of, like, get those people, even like, even though they've been on the podcast before, but now they're hosting to people that are oh, different perspective. Like, oh, I've seen them being interviewed, but how they like as a host now of this kind of, like, platform. So it's just kind of, for me, it's, it's almost kind of like thinking of different ideas, how to kind of mix things up. But... I think now that kind of control bit, I feel like a bit more chilled, you know, with it as well. Like I've said to you before off mic that um, when I first started the podcast, it was like an episode every week has to be done. I need to be doing this. Yeah. And actually 
to whose benefit i don't know maybe just my own my own ego <laughs> and then like you know and and now it's definitely much like for i think it's like quality over quantity that i can there's like since you, you know you, through social media you make these connections so almost like you know for, I don't have to really kind of worry about oh who's the next guest now because there's someone who I've been messaging and we've spoken in person about coming on the podcast and be like oh got a space that uh, you know a couple of weeks down the line and you message someone and the response has always been it's always been all good it's been cool people are like oh yeah cool love love like just the opportunity for some people to come on and actually share their story I think that's like the power of conversation is so important you know like we can get so lost in the social media we can click and a like. I think, you know, I'm probably guilty for that as well. You know, I post things up, you know, private things and, and I kind of think like, yeah, I need to keep the podcast. Just, you know, I'm trying to get to that bit of actually keeping the podcast stuff just for the podcast, not sharing pictures of my little daughter <laughs> all the time, you know. You know, it's like, um, but yeah, it's it's all those kind of things for me going on this journey is, um, it's definitely like a learning experience, you know, like, managing the kind of social media stuff as well and actually taking it actually one thing that did come up i remember a friend saying like a few years ago like yeah you can just give yourself a break man it's like you don't have to you owe you don't owe anyone anything you know no one's expecting you're demanding you you putting that pressure on yourself it's like yeah you're right so now it's kind of like i don't post a lot sometimes sometimes i do and i feel like oh yeah i'm on a roll so <laughs> but then sometimes I just kind of take a step back and just chill and i think that's an important thing like I did that intentionally, like in December time, I did a few conversations, a couple in December, and then didn't come back to recording an episode until like late January this mm. year. And I felt so much, just so like refreshed and actually just so much more chilled about it, saying like, okay, I'm just taking a break because I, I can. I'm very much in control of all of this platform and I'm cool with that. And then, but people, yeah, like they will listen, they will subscribe and they will tune in. And I think like the support's there for the podcast. And I think, you know, someone just tagged me in something um just this week about, you know, saying, Oh, it's it's, it's like, you know, the kind of the thing that's trending, be kind because of the Caroline Flack thing. Mm. And it was someone I interviewed um last year, no, two years ago now, Kirsty Cameron is just like saying just kind of like appreciation posts for everyone. It's just like, oh, just to say like, oh, we appreciate the podcast and everything you're doing and stuff and it hasn't gone unrecognized. I thought, oh, that's really sweet. That's really cool. That, you know, and I don't go looking for the validation, but it's nice when somebody kind of just gives you a shout out for what you've kind of been doing. Because for me, I'm probably like in my own little bubble because I go to work, get up in the morning and, you know, and I'm working f like five days a week and I come home, I do, do my stuff with my family. And then the weekends I always kind of keep sacred now for me and my family. And then some days in the week I do one conversation, which I'm like doing like every fortnight now. So I'm never really in that kind of, I don't, go to, I don't get to go to much kind of like um, exhibitions or events, kind of art or kind of creative events as much as I probably used to. But it's kind of nice that people kind of recognise you know, you're doing something. And for me, it's like probably self-serving for my ego a bit like that to kind of create something and people are like, oh, that's really cool. I like what you're doing and stuff. But for me, there's also a part of actually I'm passionate about kind of creativity, art and culture. Because for me, you know, it's done so much for me, not just like, you know, socially and emotionally for me, it's kind of like, if there's like, you know, 
there was if there wasn't anything like art or creativity, I would definitely in my life I'd probably struggle a bit more. It's always gonna be in that saving grace for me a bit, you know, through different avenues for like music and film and you know going back to when I was growing up, one thing my mum used to do, like take us out to like picnics and we used to go to like Dulwich Park. And Dulwich Park there's a gallery, Dulwich Gallery, which is free. So we go to the park and help it and then my mum take us to the art gallery because my mum was like want you guys to kind of get a different kind of experience not just the kind of stuff that's going on like in the streets and all that stuff but actually there's art there's beauty in this and stuff so I think yeah it's always kind of been so important to me so to be in a position where I can big people up or like you know promote them and what they're passionate about is really cool to actually do that you know to have that opportunity it's rare. I can go, I can do my, it's almost like I say, sometimes I say to my wife, it's like having an alter ego because this is what I do like at work and people, my colleagues know about it and they're all good, they're all supportive of it and so are my friends but then I get to kind of do this thing whereas it's mine and I have control over it and I can actually promote people in the Northeast and they're, who are doing really interesting and amazing things and I think as well it's just like the kind of creative pursuits sometimes can be solo you know, it's going to be quite solitary. So I think for a lot of people, and a lot of conversations that I have, like, off mic, is some people's like, I just want to get out and about a bit more. And, you know, it's kind of good for them to kind of push themselves. And I think, like, doing something like like this podcast is definitely, like, you know, coming out of your comfort zone. And I think a lot of people, that's something that's always going to come up with guests about, okay, like, you know, I've gone to my studio and some people have been like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I just need to do this. My friend told me I just have to do this. And I'm thinking, like, Actually, I really appreciate that because they could easily just kind of message me and say, oh, actually, I'm not really up for this. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, there's, there's been quite a few of my guests have said that as well. It's, yeah. taken, <clears throat> it's taken a lot of confidence or encouragement mm -hmm. or the people do come in front of the mic and they are nervous. And I think, I mean, that's only, it's only natural. Yeah. Um, but then what they get out of that far outweighs the nerves and the build-up to yeah. it. Um, because they have, I mean, one, they have a, a tangible thing, but mm -hmm. people actually talk about it like, um, after having done the podcast, they, like they say, it's kind of in a way like therapy almost. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they say, when when else do you sit and talk about yourself mm -hmm. for an hour? Yeah, because it's so <laughs> self indulgent, and we just sure, yeah. don't. We never do that. You have a conversation that's balanced and mm -hmm. contributed from all sides and sort of stuff. Whereas this gives you an opportunity to have that that time to reflect, but yeah. while actually verbalizing all that, yeah, which is really unusual. Yeah, my friend, she actually said, um, I think she, it's really bad because, like, I can't remember sometimes what episodes some people have been on. And and it's really awful. But when you get into the higher numbers, you start to forget, like, oh, what, yeah, can, you remember yeah. the people, their name and what yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah, for sure. But then it's the number. But my friend once said that she really appreciated the opportunity that coming on the podcast because you feel like, oh, okay, that people within, like, the creative community in Aberdeen kind of understood her a bit more. And why she worked the way she did, or why she fought the way she fought. I was like, really, I don't really kind of recognize as for as for as an informal little chat, and then we had drinks afterwards, you know. But I think, like, you know, for some people, it's it's, it's important to have a platform where they can share their story, and and you know, someone who's listening, they can connect with that as well. And that's kind of been some of the feedback, and like, oh yeah, when I listened to that person's episode, I was thinking just the same thing. I was just nodding my head, just like, or. It's like um, having that conversation with someone in the room, in the background, you know, could they listen in the background where they're creating or doing their own work. So, you know, going into now, it's going like November this year will be like the third year. And 
I don't know how to even kind of thought about how to kind of like mark that or like you know and, and I think because I'm quite a laid back person I don't know if I will do because I'm with some people like you thought about doing like a live podcast episode as well I don't know if you ever thought about doing that as well uh, I've never done, not like live live yeah. I've done uh like recordings where we have a setup in a space yeah. and then people come through and you do mm -hmm. little sort of vox pop recordings yeah. answering questions and things like that um but yeah never like like facebook live or like yeah. whatever like I, yeah <laughs> that, that terrifies me a little yeah. bit yeah. <laughs> i've been actively kind of avoiding avoid avoiding that um just the thought of going somewhere like uh like you know even with like like a bar or pub and doing that kind of thing no I always kind of had that bit of like the fear of like no one would even turn up right you know yeah like, yeah, yeah all these kind of things like you do have these little like insecurities about you know like what you're doing and stuff but I think like it's everything for me doing this has definitely been a learning experience and I think like I've got so much out of it like even through like the friendships and even the associations but even from the like the like on like the work kind of um, like opportunities and that I did a couple of like a few conversations for Look Again Festival and when um, they got in touch with me it was like Sally Moyer and Claire Claire Bruce that was really cool that they said oh we so it was like that recognition of like we like what you do how can we kind of support you but we want you to be a part of this as well so like oh that's really cool so I think like you know these kind of opportunities I realised this is never going to be a full time job I like the way it's kind of going and the way it is just now because very much that's really kind of cool for me and it works for my kind of way of working on my kind of mindset. But just kind of get those opportunities to be paid, obviously, to kind of um, do talks and like workshops. That's also cool. But for me, it's not even about the money. It's actually about getting offered opportunity to come to a space and somebody saying, oh, we value what you do. So can you kind of come and do this for us? I find that really, you know, really important to me and actually really like, actually that's really nice yeah, yeah. too, yeah. So like for you, what are the things, what are like the key things you've learned over this sort of, well, it's more than three year mm. process now of doing the podcast? Jeez, having patience, yeah. <laughs> Especially from like the, the, the audio kind of side and that is, it's a continuous learning as well for me, you know, and also like, letting go in a sense that I can't have all full control of some things. I've definitely learned that. And in, in, in even like last year, um, a, um, someone approached me, his name is like Jake Lawson, um, Jake Lawson Audio. And I met him actually a couple of years ago, but he messaged me last year and said, hey, you know, I finished my sound engineering course. Be happy to kind of like edit your episodes. Like, really? And you know, in my mind, it doesn't always it doesn't always go to suspicion, but but he's a really sound guy. So oh, okay, let's see how it goes and stuff, and it turned out really well. So he's hooking up the podcast editing to another level that I couldn't do through my own editing. When I was thinking like, oh, I was getting a bit more on an even kill and knowing what knew what I was doing. So I think like, yeah, it's definitely like learning to actually take on support, embrace supports. I think as well because people, if they like what you're doing, they some people want to get involved in what you're doing and try and help you out in one some way, shape or form. So for me, it's definitely like, okay, that's that's cool. Like somebody wants to help out and you know, it works out okay. I think that's something I definitely learned is like, yeah, you can take people on and they can help you. And this is helping them in their own way. And that's cool, you know? So I think like, yeah, there's so many kind of things, especially like even on the audio kind of side as well. I wish I could have 
taking like even like there's a course in like podcasting and even online I should have done that at the beginning <laughs> but then it's like it's just like a learning thing as well wasn't it I think it's one of those yeah things I take from that it's just like well I could have paced myself a bit more in a different way but then where I'm at now it's just like yeah it's all good so yeah and so yeah. what you've obviously I mean for you update <clears throat> 83 yeah yeah what i haven't done that many and have like chats with so many people what is it that makes a good guest oh jeez you've thrown me (laughs) i don't know i think a good guest i think it's someone for me um that they've listened to the podcast before they know they know what to expect also someone's that's just kind of willing to you know they don't put pressure on themselves i think people's kind of like oh this is just an informal conversation nothing to worry about it's all good you know a lot of people come on and say i hate the sound of my own voice you know i sound terribly scottish we are in scotland <laughs> like <laughs> you know so it's you know, i think yeah i think those kind of make a good guess someone that's kind of comes with an open mind and they're actually saying well this and actually if they've kind of got something that they're like, they've got an upcoming exhibition or event as well that they, you know, they, you know, I don't mind, you know, people can go and plug that away as well. But I think there's always kind of bits like some guests will come on and I feel like, oh, that's a really good conversation. But, you know, it doesn't get high listens. And there's the conversations that have, oh, that was okay. It was good. You know, but it wasn't like, wow. And then, wow, people are just on it as well. But it's just like, I think like the, the really kind of good guests are the ones and the ones that people come prepared and they don't have that massive expectations on themselves and stuff. And I think even beforehand, there's a lot of back and forth conversations online anyway about what to expect. And I will send them a link saying if they're not listening to the podcast before, just to kind of get them kind of a bit ready or prepared. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's a thing nobody really likes. I think it's like a UK based thing. We don't really like bigging ourselves up compared to like in the US, like, yeah, awesome, high five, you know, like, I think we kind of downplay our stuff with a wry sense of humor in the UK a bit. Mm. We don't want to kind of take ourselves too seriously. So I think like everyone that's kind of being on has that kind of approach, sometimes a bit self deprecating as well. You don't want to be like, hey, I'm amazing. I like, have you seen this? This is really cool. You know, no one really does that. So I think, yeah, like, Everyone kind of comes with their own unique bits and pieces. So, yeah. Because, I mean, you've had some pretty well-renowned people, yeah. like uh, Morag Myerskoff, yeah. he has on the podcast. So yeah. how is it, like, obviously someone who's, I mean, sorry, internationally known, yeah. having those sorts of people and trying to still maintain that still, the sort of informal, relaxed chat? Oh, no, because, like, when I was going to interview Morag, because um, she did her bit... F- um, her piece for the Look Again Festival was down at the Castle Gate, which is a massive kind of open area off of there at the end of Union Street in Aberdeen. It's called Love at First Sight. So she was coming up and I think she was instructing people how to kind of like do all the panels and such. And um, so the first time she came up, was going to have a cat and never happened. But when, when it did happen, she actually said, the first thing she said was like, oh, I'm so sorry, we never got to do that. I said, oh, no, it's all good. It's, you know, and so... I remember doing my research on, on all her work and being like, oh shit, like she's actually really, you know, like doing a lot of really amazing things. But speaking of her, it was really kind of chilled out and really informal in a nice way as well. That, okay, this is an artist and she's passionate about what she does. But she also had a connection to Aberdeen because her mum was from Aberdeen and was a lecturer um, at Grace School of Art and an artist in her own right as well. So, 
you know, the whole um, concept of love at first sight, it was not just based like her parents met in Aberdeen as well. So it's just kind of like, you know, to her, for her to kind of share that story on the podcast and also speak about her work and it's really nice. And there wasn't no, any airs or graces. Like, you know, some people you think like big, like, you know, in, you know, famous people that they come in like were entourage it's just her she came down you know to the anatomy rooms it's really cool we chatted even after the conversations were all off mic it's just really nice you know so it's just kind of like I, d- I never kind of tr- I wouldn't try to like work you know there's some people that have even Aberdeen and Northeast based that oh I'm so excited to kind of you know speak with them but then I've got to remember they're nervous as well it's like some people have done podcasts and some people haven't but to go down, sit down and speak about yourself, no one really likes doing that, you know? <laughs> like, So I think for, you know, like for her to come on, I really appreciate that I actually take her time out and actually just come down and just have a chat. And I like to think those conversations for Look Again Festival have been well-received as well. You know, there's some people that speak, that spoke on those specials who are local and I've interviewed before, but they're doing really amazing things as well. Like, you know, and I think... You know, that's always kind of always comes back to the focus about, you know, what's happening in Aberdeen. And if somebody's a guest and they come on, you know, they're not from Aberdeen as well. But it's almost, it's also still to think about what they're passionate about and why they like what they're doing. And if you can get down to that, like why they do what they do in an informal way, that just kind of works for me. I think like I just talk too much anyway. <laughs> I, I ramble on in like my podcast as well. I kind of try to just treat like someone be like I said to you off mic we was having a conversation over a pint in yeah. a pub and it's just recorded but it's not it's actually in my studio we're not in like a pub so. <laughs> yeah and I mean before we finish up yeah. um, I've just got sort of one last question it's sort of, you, you've seen uh, you've been in Aberdeen for like 15 years yeah you've, you've obviously seen the creative sort of culture and community mm-hmm. change over that time so I mean how have you seen that change and what would you like to see happen with it like going forward well I definitely see the change like there's loads I think when I first moved out to Aberdeen I definitely was that mindset of comparing it to London you know like oh yeah oh god like, you guys don't have this you guys don't have that but obviously when it comes becomes your home you start to kind of notice things more and actually take pride in where I say Aberdeen's like my second home that's just like my kind of view I've seen that you know now that um, Aberdeen, I think they put a bid in for the City of Culture in 2013 and obviously it didn't happen. So what came from that? I think it was like um, Aberdeen, Aberdeen Inspired, Inspired Aberdeen. That group was set up and I think they've kind of set up a lot of festivals and different kind of community kind of events. And then from that, we've had, you know, new art over since like 2000, I think it's like 16 or no, 2017, I'm guessing there. Yeah, don't kill me when listening to, <laughs> listening to this. Um, but that's been really cool um, for the city. So you see that, okay, people are like, oh, like things are happening. The turnout for the new art when the tours first kick off is insane. There's like hundreds and hundreds of people coming out. And they're not it's obviously all from Aberdeen. It must be from different places, like that even from like England as well, because a big street art festival like this. There's nothing else on that level in the rest of the UK. So it's obviously a big focal point for the Northeast economy, you know, tourism and it's doing, and that's really cool. But um, for me, I think for the future, I'd, I'd like to see like the local authority be in a position where they actually fund local 
artists and creatives to establish small, even like micro studios and help them establish their small businesses. Because it's, it's amazing bringing in big name street artists to an event and good for the local economy. But when those things stop and they finish, how do we kind of maintain that? You know, as it's like one of, one of the things I was kind of being a bit um, ranty <laughs> or passionate about is that why don't, you know, like, and I'm speaking very selfishly from my kind of point of view that the lot of young people I work with, why aren't they doing, why aren't, like, we setting up, like, a festival? Why aren't we getting these local communities from areas of deprivation? Why aren't we getting these young people interested in their own city? I work with a lot of young people who don't even really venture into the central city of Aberdeen, which is, uh, like, a bus journey away, like, 20-odd minutes or 30, not even 30 minutes, 20-odd minutes or 15 minutes by a bus. They don't really go, and they go into this, like, the big like um, shopping centres and go and get their clothes or go to the cinema. But they're not very much invested in exploring their own city. So I think there definitely has to be a need to actually working with the wider communities within Aberdeen. There's a big social divide of like oil rich, oil and gas kind of Aberdeen's known for that. But then you can go further up along and you see a lot of deprivation kind of people like families that I work with. So and that's what I want to see change in Aberdeen. I want to see a more kind of inclusive kind of um, atmosphere, I think, you know, or kind of culture. It's, it definitely seems very much central city. And I guess that's, you know, if you've got tourists, no one's going to really want to go out with the city. They want to go to see a nice castle and stuff. and don't want to go to an area of deprivation. I get that. But it seems to be that there's been more investment within the local communities. And, you know, I think, you know, there's lot of things that possibly could be done in different ways and I guess it's also like comes down to funding as well but I definitely have to see local artists or street artists or or just creators be supported to create and sustain like yeah, what they're doing sustaining that the talent that is there and the yeah, site that exists yeah, and supporting yeah. and nurturing that absolutely and I think I mean that's it's exactly a common sentiment in Dundee I'd absolutely mm. love to see much more of that happening and us yeah. retaining that that great talent that yeah. is there for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if if anyone does want to check out your your podcast um, and yeah, all the back catalogue. Yeah, so episodes. definitely um, all on the usual places, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Create Me Podcast. Yeah, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Create Me Podcast, Twitter as well and Facebook. I've got a Facebook page, but I don't really post on that as often as I do. But yeah, um, that's where you can kind of find me in, find me rambling on as usual so yeah that's great thanks very much cheers thanks thank you very much to Ica that's episode number 93 um, yeah thank you to him for taking the trip down to Dundee making that happen um, yeah we maybe had to cut that episode a little bit short just um, due to time but I'm sure we could have sat there and chatted for for a couple of hours about the uh, the sort of trials and tribulations of podcasting um, but yeah do definitely go and check out his podcast and obviously listen to my episode um, which is up now um, all the links are in the show notes um, yep still need your questions so get in touch at CCC Dundee on Twitter and on Instagram or facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash CCC Dundee um, for the ask me anything episode 99 send me your questions And yeah, that's it for this week. So thanks very much for listening and uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye.